live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. What is up? Welcome on in. You are listening to Wildcard Sports on Clear Lake Today Radio. I'm your host as always, Will. Back here again after a week off here with my main man, Chuck. Chuck, we're flying solo, just me and you today, buddy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because uh, it'll be uh, just uh, two guys uh, rolling right, right with the punches, and uh, it'll be interesting. I don't think I've ever had just two two of us. Are you, sa- are you saying there's going to be some punches thrown today? Do yeah, I get, need you know, to get prepared? Hey, just put your mask on. Everything's going to be good, man. You know? <laughs> all right, fair uh, enough. We're all maskless here. We're on mask. Uh, it was at... Uh, uh, sports talk unmasked. There we go. Oh, hey, I like that. That, that. that should be, and we had the quarantine specials. Now we should be just sports talk unmasked, <laughs> unfiltered. I like it. I like it. Uh, but Chuck, man, we took a week off, man. The, the headlines keep rolling in. Of course, we, two weeks ago, we talked about it. You know, MLB, obviously the state of baseball, not in the best place right now. A lot of questions, whether or not we're going to have a 2020 season, even possibly having a 2021 season at that. Uh, of course, NBA, a lot of news coming out mm-hmm. of them. They've actually yep. gotten the logistical plan to return last time we talked. They said they were going to return. We just didn't have the logistical plan. But, Chuck, we got a lot of stuff to get to here, of course. Uh, we got to start here, though. Of course, the MLB, two weeks yeah. ago when we were on, you know, we said little to no progress had made, been made between the negotiations between the players and the owners to get them back on the field somehow. Well, we're two weeks later, and really, we're in the same boat as far as the negotiations go. Uh, there's been some concessions on both sides, Chuck. Obviously, the players offered to have a shorter season, uh, offered to give up uh, service time for players that didn't, that decided not to play if they got their way. Um, but the one thing that they were firm on, they still wanted the prorated salaries, which the owners really weren't willing to budge on. They they came back offered, I think, a seventy game, seventy plus game season, offered them what essentially would turn out to be. 75% of the prorated salaries for the mm-hmm. players if the season played out the entire season. But, Chuck, the biggest news that we've gotten out of all of this is Rob Manfred, I believe it was either yesterday or day before yesterday, he came out and he said, no doubt there is going to be a 2020 baseball season. And it comes out that, listen to this, Chuck, Rob Manfred could force the players' hands and force the season to return. Now, granted, it would only be a 50-game season, and, but players, if they decided not to play, they would lose. They would not get service time. So guys that were going to be one year closer to free agency, if they decide not to play, they're not going to be able to be a free agent. So, Chuck, you know, some people are encouraged by the fact that Rob Manfred could force the player's hand and get him back on the field. But I just look at the other side of this and say, that's just one more crack that's going to be between the owners and the players if they force them to get out there. Thoughts? Yeah. Well, okay, so um, I want to make sure I get this straight because I thought you got service time regardless if you play or not when these when these uh, situations happen. But I know that the 50-game implement or implementation um, is in the original agreement, correct? Mm-hmm. So so here's the here's the situation as far as that's concerned. I still, and I said it, as Chuck Adama said a couple weeks ago, I don't think there's going to be a season. I think we're at the point right now where um, – Interest will be lost, and if the players and the owners cannot understand that in about uh, what is it? What what at the end of this month? I mean, NFL training camp is going to be starting to roll mm-hmm. around, um, and they're going to start fading off. Uh, NBA is going to be back. They actually got a college football system now, where uh, in about uh, what is it? they're going to have a month, like just like mm-hmm. NFL, and have a training camp uh, when they get to week zero, which is basically the first game before uh, the labor, or was it the, uh, the Labor Day game somewhere in there? No, a little bit earlier, maybe. But anyway, the point is, is that they're going to start fading off. I don't think there's gonna be a season. And I, I think, it, I think it really behooves both sides not to have a season because I got to get this fixed. And, and I, I, I'll be honest with you too. I'm just not interested in baseball right now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard It's hard to get excited about baseball. I mean, even the prospect of it at this point, just because you've got NBA. NBA's doing all these new things to really promote fan attention, especially when it comes back. NFL's right around the corner. We, we really don't think there's going to be a lot of changes, maybe no fans in the stadiums, but that's probably going to be the biggest change we see with the NFL. But yeah, it is it, it is a little uh, you know it's a little deterring when you're when you're seeing all these things in the media. You got millionaires and billionaires fighting over this money, which mm-hmm. I understand. At the end of the day, you got to get your money. But it's as as an average you know as an average American, you know this is not something that we want to see. You know these guys fighting over you know millions of dollars no. when you got people left and right that are struggling to make ends meet. Here, here, here's the deal: what they should be doing for us hundred heirs is make sure that we have a season that way we get things. You know we got a lot of a lot of problems in the world mm-hmm. right now. Distraction is is going to be something that um that we need right now and you know unfortunately like i said it's just they're just not understanding the um the the repercussions and i think it's just going to fade away this year uh, i i have no pro- the only thing that i saw that was coming out was a different tournament mm-hmm. uh, or playoff system seven or eight teams uh, i think there was a proposal for eight teams for the for the uh, for major league baseball now right mm-hmm. and then uh, somebody said seven was what the mlb side was going to say so i mean that's a little interesting of course that way you don't you can't predict in a 50-game season who really is a good team. Yeah, That's exactly. A, I mean, what if somebody gets off uh, that, that has The a, Nationals, through 50 games last year, 19 and 31, they weren't anywhere near it, the playoff or the, or the reverse. You get a, yeah. a team that actually gets hot. Uh-huh. I mean, if you, you there's plenty of teams out there that have a decent one, too, that just won't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So if you have a three- to four-man rotation, um, that's also going to get rid of the slappy relievers because you're not going to be able to play 50 games. I think they want to play the 50 games to where, like I've mentioned before, uh, three or four a week, have a few days off. And um, there's going to be a lot of lost jobs. There's going to be a lot of people. Oh, yeah, already there. There already is. But there's a lot of players not going to put up with a 50-game season because they may get hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't think it's going to – I just don't think it's going to work. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, if I'm looking at from George George Springer, Mookie Betts, guys that are going to be free agents after this Mm -hmm. year, I mean, unless this does – they do enact this where they force them back and they they don't get service time – I mean, I, you know, as much as I want to see George Springer out there, I mean, how could you pitch that to him? A 50-game season? Uh, it's really going to be a fluky season at that. I mean, nobody's going to really look at that. There's always going to be an asterisk next to the season, whoever the World Series yeah, champion probably is. probably the Astros will win this year, too. That'd exactly. Be I, that w- that's kind of the reason I'm <laughs> with you as far as maybe it's better to just, you know, scratch the season, uh, take your losses, regroup next year, fi- figure out the collective bargain agreement. Take yeah. this time to figure out that mend relationships. But, yeah, if I'm some of these superstars that are going to be free agents next year, I can't imagine them wanting to go out there, risk injury for a season where they're not going to make the money that they made before, although it is going to be a lot of money, uh, all things considered. But yeah, I, I'm just, I can't imagine that it would be worth it. What do you, what do you think about this? You know, I, I, I was thinking that maybe um, they start training camp in the, in the, in the wintertime, say November, December, and then they coordinate at the height of this uh, allegedly, or at the at the downslope during the flu season, maybe perhaps they start right after Super Bowl, like a legitimate season, mm-hmm. have one half, two half. So yeah. that way they could have, like for example, if they if they start right after Super Bowl and they're going through training camp um, or or um, preseason, um, they could have a first half of seventy games, take an extended break during the the first part of the summer to re evaluate their system and then they can figure it out because they, they'll give them a little more time for the bargaining agreement. I'm just kind of thinking maybe have two halves and then have a playoffs like that. Um, 
first half winner, second half, kind of like they did in the strike season. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of thinking outside the box with this. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, and that's definitely a thought because I, I'm not sure the exact date that the collective bargaining agreement is going gonna, is gonna to end in 2021. I think it's going to be mid, mid to late 2021 where it expires. I thought so, it expired after the World Series every year. It, it, it could be. I, I could be wrong about this. But, I mean, I, I think I think there's a possibility where they could play some games before that collective bargaining agreement. I just, I'm looking at this like the 94 season. You don't want to see mm-hmm. another strike out there mm-hmm. halfway through the season and in the season. Yeah, I mean, you you want it, you want a you want a finality to to the to the season. So, yeah, I mean, anything that they can do to, of course, maybe retake the interest of the American people in baseball. I mean, it's going to be good for them, it's, but it's, it's just, just it's it's going to be hard. You know, it's going to be very hard. The problem is also, and this is what I was I was listening to some uh, some other shows and just kind of watching from just kind of being a thinker about this. But you know, there's a lot of um, squabbling that should be internal. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, billionaires and millionaires, you got, I mean, I saw uh, something where A-Rod was saying, you guys can get back to play. And then the other players like, yeah, you got your, you got your millions, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and you, and Jeter, you own this stuff now. So, you know, you could talk all you want now, but you're fat and happy, mm-hmm. but then, you know, we got to get ours too. And then uh, I think Frank Thomas was uh, quoted saying, you know what, you guys going to be arguing about this behind the scenes. It's just not yeah. a good look. And that's why baseball doesn't get it. Yeah. They just don't get it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this. I mean, we talked about it two weeks ago. Baseball, as more than any other sport, there's such a huge disconnect and animosity between the players and owners, and it's spilling out into the media, which mm-hmm. has just been awful for baseball at this point. I mean, we're talking I mean, we're talking about them not possibly not having a season next year, but this is all stuff. NBA, I guarantee you, I promise you, there was behind the scenes where there was not this level of distrust, but there were things that both sides won that neither side was willing to budge on, but you didn't see that spill out into the media. Baseball, it's just, it seems like there's no, you know, what's the word? There's no reservations from either side to go ahead and put these behind-the-scenes conversations out there. filter. Yeah. You know, they don't, they they don't. Um, I tell you what, though, uh, basketball's looking like a genius there. Oh, yeah. Adam Silver's Adam Silver is looking like he is earning every single penny that and he's getting from the NBA. And that's because David Stern as well. Mm-hmm. What a good uh, transition there. I mean, who did who did Manfred have a transition for? Think about that. Yeah, for but a you're you're absolutely right about that. I mean, oh if, we're, if we're look, if we're if we're looking about ten years ago, you know, just from the superficial knowledge I had, you know, I was not a fan on the you know of David Stern. Obviously, he just kind of it seems to me like he always had an ego. But yeah, the foundation that he set for the NBA is incredible, and he set the NBA up to succeed after he was gone versus. Bud Seeley yes. alienated a lot of different people on that one and then really well, just set Rob Manfred up well, really let's, let's badly. Let's back up for let's talk about David Stern for a minute. How many times do you see David Stern just talk to players in general? Oh, yeah, a lot. I mean, he was right there. Yeah. Where do you see the, uh, I mean, I know there's a different situation here, but it's the same concept about mm-hmm. relationships. So David Stern had a great relationship with all the ownership, and then a fantastic one with Michael Jordan and the superstars. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bud Selig, I never saw him ever reach out to any of the players to market them like David Stern did and all oh yeah and then and Adam Silver just basically just took the took the took the reins from him and just went from there and so basically when you have an owner that or a uh, a commissioner that's basically an owner of another team and his daughter with 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 mm-hmm. the Brewers for example I mean they're worried about more themselves and then that just rubs off and then I just think that uh, that that's the problem with baseball especially now football can have the worst ownership have the worst commissioners it's gonna it's gonna make it through 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's that machine. It's fo- yeah, it's football. I mean, it's, it's always going to dominate the American yeah. headlines. But yeah, you know, it's just it's just one of those situations where once again, and going back to what you're talking about, the NBA, they, they they've done it the right way, mm-hmm. and I'm more excited about the NBA than I was. You know how I'm about the NBA? Yeah, I'm like, absolutely. Ah, you know, I'm like, I, I, I I'm, I'm surprised yeah. about it, but I'm like, you know what? I mean, they're, they're doing it the right way. You got you got to give them credit. Whether or not your your interest has peaked in NBA, you've got to respect what they're doing. At least getting out there. I mean, these guys are making sacrifices, and you're you're seeing what negotiation should be for baseball. But you're exactly right. I mean, yeah. It, it seems to me like commissioners in basketball, whether it's Adam Silver, David Stern, they're more of an ambassador to the players because at the end of the day, they worked, they mm-hmm. work for the owners, but they're more willing to to be uh, in the discussions with the players, really go at the owners mm-hmm. and put the owners in uncomfortable spots on behalf of the players versus you know Rob Manfred, uh, Bud Seeley. It, it just seems like they're basically the owner's whipping boy well, at this and, point. I mean, it's just it's it's been it, it is they have not been on the player's side in any of this, and it's just created a huge distrust. One thing. That you reminded me about is a good uh, lead into this also. But look what the NBA does in marketing worldwide. Mm-hmm. Your the Euro uh, European leagues uh, down into uh, the Caribbean, you know, and also of course in China. Um, and and uh, they, they they just market the right way. It's mm-hmm. just it's just a, it's just fascinating to me that. The NBA was floundering in the late 70s and early 80s till Magic Johnson and Larry Bird started picking that oh, up. Oh, yeah. But uh, I remember watching a lot of Rockets games with Moses Malone back in the late 70s as a child, as a kid. And, um, you know, that was it. It was really local. And then David Stern just took the reins over. And look at, he, he's just riding the race. And, and baseball still hadn't figured it out. Yeah. And I'll, I'll beat that horse enough. But, man, it's just, it's just really, it's really a shame. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm 100% with you on this one. I mean, baseball, it, it, you know, baseball, it just seems to me they could have dominated. Maybe not dominated, but they could be a lot better off. You know, they, I feel like they could be right up there with football mm-hmm. with the 1A, 1B as far as dominating American sport, uh, sports headlines. But they just, they got the they've, got, they've gotten complacent. They, they've been apathetic and they just mm-hmm. kind of stuck in their ways. You know, the, the, you know it's kind of the, the, the quintessential baseball traditionalist thing where it's like, no, no, there's no change. Nothing needs to change. Everything's fine. The, the players work for, work for the owners. Owners have all the control. They didn't adapt. They didn't mm-hmm. adapt at all. And now we're seeing some of the consequences of it. And I mean, they're just, they're a sport that is behind the times when, you know, they, they had all the ability to basically dominate the American, the American sports, at least in my opinion. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you look at it, I mean, obviously this distrust that it's not the trust between the players and owners, it's not getting any closer. It's getting farther apart. And I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think about this? I mean, if Manfred goes out there and he forces these players to play 50 games, I mean, are, how are we looking at a work stoppage at here after oh. uh, after next year? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I it's a hundred percent, right? Absolutely. So here, the problem is now. Uh, I also um, have been in tune with this. You know that the Houston area is going to have a, a minor league season this year, right? Really, eight teams. Oh wow. Okay, eight teams. Okay. So basically, what they're going to do uh, is if baseball picks back up, it's going to be a free for all free agent signing. Mm-hmm. So if if these, like you said, they force them to play, the superstars aren't going to play, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have some people that cross the line and that's going to be the other issue. Yeah. But let's say the Astros and, and they're unified and they, they decide, no, we're not. Then these, this minor league teams that are, they're starting up in Houston, you know, they could pull, but the problem is going to be, you can pull all those players that are going to be probably double A, single mm-hmm. A, maybe some triple A replacement players. Yeah, type, replacement yeah. players. But who wants to watch that? Is it that bad? It's too late. Yeah. It's really too late. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, it's baseball right now. I mean, they're not going to be able to compete with the NBA. I mean, NBA, by all indications, there is no way that the MLB could get started before NBA happens. And if the NBA is already going with the tournament, the playing tournament, mm-hmm. NBA playoffs, there is no way MLB is going to come anywhere near that with a replacement yeah. team. It's They're, they're probably not going to come out anywhere near the, the viewership, even if all the superstars that's, are playing. That's right. I don't even think, I mean, I'm not even going to you know, worry about that. I think the way I look at it as a Houston fan in general, is that we got our World Series 
series. I can die a happy man, even though it's tainted. You know, I could care less at this point. Yeah, I'll be I, honest with you. I'll be. I could care less. Oh no, I mean, I, I think I think those sentiments reflect all Astros fans across you know across the I guess the greater Houston area and Texas area. I mean, the fact is, people are always going to question this Astros champion, or, you know, World Series championship. But as Astros fans. Who cares? They didn't take the they didn't take the ring away. They didn't take the banner. Even mm-hmm. if they did, it's like it's like USC taking Reggie Bush's Heisman Trophy again away. We all know Reggie Bush won the Heisman in two thousand five. We all know the Astros won the World Series in twenty seventeen. So I'm with you. I don't yeah, care I don't at all. Worry about that. And I'm you know go into it. I mean yeah, which I'll transition to this. I mean the fifty game season. I mean. It, if the Astros won the, this one, this one would be a hard. This would be a hard one to sell to the general audience. This would be hard for me to be excited about the Astros winning a 2020 title after 50 games. But at the end of the day, I mean, if we got baseball back in some fashion, I guess it's better than well, nothing. Let's just think of it. If they had a 50 game season. I mean, you got probably the top three, and McCullers might make it through a full season. I know, I know that, that's that's a good <laughs> that's a good season, point. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. So I mean, that would, they would actually, I think, elevate to the favorite, maybe one A, one B with the Yankees. Yeah, only because of Cole. But I mean, I, I I'm like, wow, this this is beneficial to a team like that. Now, at the end of the day, if we if they do the rotation the way they're supposed to, and they do uh, a three man with a fourth. Um, I think that uh, regardless of the hitting, it's all about the pitching. So yeah, I mean, definitely now. No, I I, I agree games. with you. I mean, I think I think there would be an added emphasis on pitching because I mean, every game would become so crucial. You mm-hmm. wouldn't have these games where guys are throwing out, you know, some middle uh, what typically would be a, a, a middle reliever off. or a day off. There's no there's no way that they could go mm-hmm. out there and put that. So I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of uh, you know what the uh, added pressure I guess on these guys to go out there and perform every single game, which would be interesting, but. Yeah, I don't know, Chuck. I mean, a 50-game season, that's thats a tough pill for me to I'll, swallow. I'll go back to this, and I'm, I don't know if you want to move on from this subject, because I could talk about this all day. But, like, I remember back in, um, it's either 88 or 92, I can't quite remember, but they had the convention here, the Democratic convention here, um, during the first part of the, ba- or during the fall. So what they gave the Astros was they had a huge 20-21 to 21 game, 22-game homestand, mm-hmm. okay? So the Astros played their first games, and you can look this up. I don't know how many it was, but they were in first place, mm-hmm. and they were just a, an ex- expansion roster. So what I'm getting at with that is they were in first place for a little while, very competitive. They played all their games at home, but then Water finds this level, and they had a 20 exactly. to 25 game road uh, um, uh, roadie mm-hmm. because of the convention, and then they they floundered. So where I'm getting at with the 50 game, if you just got that one team that doesn't deserve mm-hmm. to get hot for 10 games, they went eight to 10 games in a row. It's game oh yeah they're you know? they're, they're, that's, that's an automatic a playoff block yeah i mean i mean like i said i mean I, I was looking up the standings through 50 games last year and i mean for the most part i mean there wasn't anything that egregious outside of the nationals i mean the nationals 19 and 31 but every year there's that one team whether it's the oh, a's yeah. the rays the royals uh, the royals i mean these teams get hot halfway through the season and there's teams that flounder i mean i remember uh, i think it was two or three years ago the white Sox started off and had the best record in baseball through at least 30 35 games and they end up they end up one of the worst records in baseball well, that was so, the big trend Remember they had, they got rid of all their stars, but too. still, I mean, I'm just saying there there's teams like mm-hmm. that out there that are going to make the playoffs. There's always and, one, yeah, and not going to have the not going to have any reason to be there. And the problem is it, Manfred. So he said, you know, he's about a week out from making that decision where he would force the players, which. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is just him posturing in the media to saying saying to the look what the, we tried we yeah. tried you know or, or and looking <laughs> at the MLB Players Association and saying hey look if we don't come to terms on a deal that benefits you somewhat and benefits us somewhat I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make you guys play and, and from all indications these guys they're going to lose service time if they don't go out there and play mm-hmm. now I, I'm sure there's uh, I'm sure there would be a lot of litigation to determine whether or not that's legitimate or not if it comes to that but. 
you know, I, I the fifty game season is just a tough pill to swallow for me. And the, the the problem too with that is if we were to even have a fifty game season, I feel like what you would have to do, you would have to have some type of, of expanded playoffs. You know, more teams in there, which I'm not a fan of when it comes to baseball. But the fact is, if they do the 50 game season that he forces the hand, they're all the concessions that the players have made and that they've agreed on mm-hmm. to this point. That's all out the door. They go back to a 10 team playoff. You know, you have the two wild card play in and just a 10 team playoff in baseball after a 50 game season. Well, man. I mean, that kind of helps helps out with the theory that there's always one team. So everybody's in it. The viewership's in it. Um, I, I, my, my, my biggest thing is how do you divide up the 50 games? You know, how do you, how do you do that? It's all going to be, there's no, well, I'm I glad assume, you mentioned that Chuck. Ah, we transitioned. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll let you take the road. Well, no, no, I was just, I, what I wanted to get to is, I mean, if baseball is going to come back, I mean, obviously right now they, they still have some options, at least if they get something done within the next week. So, I mean, my question is how would mm. you like to see it come back? And I'll, I'll give you what okay. I, what I would, what I this would, is the fun stuff. Yeah. This I is this what, stuff. yeah, this is what I would, I, I think would be the most reasonable expectation. If there's going to be a 50 game season if there's going to be a 50 game season me even even if there's a 30 40 game i think they should make every single game interdivisional so astros only play the west because get the same amount Mm -hmm. of game the same amount of games that you would play in a regular season against your division opponents Mm -hmm. that way you at least have some type of idea of who the best team in each division is don't Mm -hmm. go outside the division and i think that would create a lot more intrigue especially when we got to the playoffs because you'd have the first matchups of interdivisional and interleague when it came to the World Series. I think it would have to all be interdivisional and find out who the best team in each division is and then see if that translates I to I can go it. with something like that, but but every every division has four teams. Is that correct? Uh, no, one, no, no, five. There's five. Uh, yeah, 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 there's five. So that's going to be... All right, so what I've proposed is that 40 of the games play interdivision, all right? And then what I think is that you do like the, the NFL does. So the NFL based the rest of the schedule on your placement. So if you're first place team, the other 10 games you play... The first, first place, place yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe they should do something like that. Now, the problem be opposed to that. No. Yeah, the problem with that is uh, there's no home field advantage at this point, so you're even. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing five and five, there's no yeah tiebreaker. But then you go with the NFL thing uh, where you do, like you said, a divisional conference, etc., like opponents, and then finally the was eight or eight or ten is like the coin flip. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, maybe they should do something like that and base it on um, uh, on on. Uh, like I said, where were you placed at? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would probably be the best way to go if you want to go with something like that. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd be okay with that. I mean, I, there's just the MLB. If if they came back now, granted, if there's an 82 game, if they can somehow squeeze in half a season, which it seems very unlikely, they they could. I mean, there's I feel like there's legitimacy to an 82 half a game season on that one. You can schedule however you want, but. I just feel like if they're going to do these shortened seasons, you have to get as many interdivisional games in as possible to find out who the best team is in each division. You know what, too, and you know what you with the pandemic, you probably got to do that at the front half. Mm-hmm. So maybe all the the, the minutia I was talking about in the back half when everything ramps up. See, I'm kind of thinking, of, I'm kind of going forward thinking with this. Um, that way, if, if you're shortened for some reason, then you could just dismiss the 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 Yankees and Astros games that come up, or you know the the mm-hmm. the Boston. Uh, Minnesota games, uh, things like that. I know that they're going to be in one complex, right? Or one general area or two general areas. Well, I mean, that's who knows. I mean, initially when they came out, they said that they were going to get to play in their home stadiums, but I mean, oh, the play, yeah. I mean, the players are pushing back on that alone. I mean, yeah. as far as the, as far as the problems with, you know, each, yeah, each individual stadium. So, I mean, yeah, maybe a campus idea is what they have to go with to yeah, get this to could, work. They could, they could, they could, they could pull that off, but uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, I think we talked about before. It's just too much. It seems like to, that in college football is too much. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, with college football, if you had to do this too, it's just, 
I mean, what do you do? You break that up and then you can't, your, your conferences are done. You do geographical conferences. You can't break the band. You can't take the band with you. You can't take the boosters. Yeah. You know, I mean, baseball's right behind college football as far as from reward. It's almost impossible. Ba- basketball's easier, but yeah. still. No, know. no. And I, I've said this about college football before. I mean, I, I think, it, you know, there's so many different schools of thought when it comes to the uh, conferences the you know the Pac-12 commissioner saying something versus the SEC I think I think our college football season this upcoming year I think it's going to look something like just all we're going to be seeing is these these conference matchups SEC is is going to play a season Pac-12 is going to play a season it's hard for me to imagine that they're going to get to the point where they're all on the same page where we can have bowl games I don't think there's a meaning yeah we're, we're I mean I certainly don't think we're going to have any of those early uh early interconference uh, conference matchups you know you have the opening matchup in in Cowboy Stadium where it's an SEC team versus a mm-hmm. Big Ten or or a Big 12 team I don't think we're going to have any of those I think the best case scenario we're getting is you're going to see these conferences play out their schedule in some fashion whether it's SEC playing out Big 12's playing out, Pac-12, but I just there's there's so many different competing schools of thoughts on what how the season's going to go that I, I just don't think that college football is ever going to be able to get on the same page with all of the different uh, uh, you know uh, commissioners or whatever they're called uh, of the of the different uh, conferences. So yeah, that's going to be tough. And I mean, yeah, you might you might see something similar uh, you know with baseball, like we said, if they do the interdivisional, but. Hopefully, hopefully we'll at least we'll at least get some type of season. I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm not so, sure if I want that at that so, at this point. But. So you're looking at an eight to ten games uh, schedule for all the big the big five. Or the, I mean, yeah, it could. I mean, major it, it could be that. I mean, you could see maybe that each each they do uh, they everybody plays each other in a conference. But I mean, I, I don't think that there's going to be one set precedent where there's going to be ten games for everybody. I mean, or eight games. I mean, the SEC. How many teams are in the SEC? I think like fifteen teams mm-hmm. versus the Big Twelve. Yeah, they, got, they don't play each other. So, like three or four teams don't play each other every year. Yeah, exactly. Big Twelve's got like yeah. eleven. So I mean, I'm sure there's some conferences that will be able to play their entire their entire uh, you know conference. But like the SEC, you. Can't can't play 15 I I, games I, I don't know because like if yeah there was at the end of the year it's usually the good teams play at minimum 13 games right yeah but I mean like what I'm getting at is I don't think they're gonna be able to do that I think they're gonna have to do 10 games and then probably uh get rid of the bowl season just have the national championship if they get lucky but have it earlier yeah and I don't I, I just don't think that they can add games they got to take away so mm-hmm. the non-conference Probably so. Yeah, yeah I, I think best case scenario for college football at this point is they get a season where they get the big rivalries to still play. You still get Michigan, Ohio State. You get Alabama, Auburn, Texas, Oklahoma, UCLA, USC. I think NCAA should be looking at that and saying, hey, if we can get those games in, that's a win for us. You know, mm-hmm. I, I beyond that, I mean, there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees for a national championship. There's no guarantees for a conference championship. I mean, no, that's yeah, a good point. I mean, I mean we're, we're already looking at this. I mean, the second wave of this, and you know what? I mean, the 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 fear for that is real in a lot of these cases so i mean i if i'm these if i'm these sports organizations i i think i think they're looking at this and they're they're making small goals and they're saying if we get to that point we're, we'll consider we'll the success, it the success <laughs> we'll, we'll consider it out it next year yeah exactly so yeah it's going to be interesting to see chuck i mean i'm with you i mean we're two weeks later and I guess if I guess there is a reason to be optimistic that there there would be some type of season. I mean, Rob Manfred, that's pretty bold claim. He came out there and said, saying there is a hundred percent going to be a twenty twenty season because I don't know. It kind of looks. It kind of makes him look like a buffoon I, if he goes I, out I, there and that doesn't happen. I think we're at the point right now. We ask the question: If a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound? I don't think anybody cares. I think football's up, basketball's up, and we need something like that too. I think you know what. Here, here's what I'll say about baseball. Uh, or actually basketball. Basketball does reach all ethnic groups, all races, because it is a very universal sport. Mm-hmm. It, Like I said, it's it's in Europe. 
It's uh, American. It's it's, it's global. China. It's, it's very global. global. Thank you. That's yeah. global, and all ethnic groups and, and races can relate to basketball. Not a lot can do with with baseball, unfortunately. And I'm not. Hope I'm not stepping on my toes here with this, but you know, we know what baseball is really uh, considered. It's considered more of a Caucasian sport and Latino. But uh, the thing is, is that it's it has less appeal. So we're going back to to uh, Manfred and what he's doing is like, I think he's just posturing like to just to, to make a stand and make him look good or make the, the commissioner's office and say, Hey, we tried. And, um, you know, if you force somebody to do something, that's not going to draw fans. Yeah. You no, know what I mean, yeah, no, for sure. And so, I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you to a certain extent, uh, with baseball. I mean, baseball, it, going back to what we said originally, baseball just hasn't done a, a good job marketing that. And I think that's why you just, you see less interest in it from, you know, some of the, you know, some of the top tier athletes in, in America. I mean, the, the fact is, I mean, you know, you look across, I, I talk about this with soccer. I mean, you look across the world. I mean, there's a reason U.S. is not great at soccer. It's because the best best athletes in America aren't playing soccer. Oh, yeah, yeah the, best a- the best athletes now are going and they're playing football. They're playing baseball. I mean, I'm sorry, they're playing football or basketball. And baseball, I mean, still was able to, to you know, take a good a good portion of the of the best athletes in America and and turn them into the Mike Trouts and, of course, uh, all the other superstars mm-hmm. in baseball. But the fact is that baseball is is disconnecting more and more with American youth and American, you know, America in general. It, I see baseball moving towards, and I mean, this is, I guess is a deeper conversation to have, but I see baseball going the way of soccer. I mean, the problem with soccer in America, uh, from at least from all the indications, because I'd never played soccer through, but from everything that I've heard, soccer has become an elitist sport in America where you have to, if you want to play competitively, you got to go play for these club teams. Yeah. You got to pay thousands of th- thousands of dollars versus basketball and football. I mean, these, uh, these are sports that are in the communities that are no, easy to play. No, I, I still, there's still, there's still club there's club there softball is. there's club hey, but don't forget it's AAU there's there's club now I mean but there's more avenues the, there's more avenues in basketball and football than there is in soccer and I think baseball is trending in the direction of soccer where it's becoming more difficult to get these great young athletes involved there's more options yeah Let's for put sure it that way more options for sure and and going to what you're saying I I just I think the disconnect between baseball and everyone across the uh, across the world and you know in the nation right now I think is being disconnected more and more because on the uh, another aspect of this. I mean, baseball has got all these great young superstars, but they don't know how to market these guys yep, at all like yep. the NBA does. I mean, Mike Trout, I mean, how many commercials do we see with Mike I, Trout? I think, I think that's a personal thing with him, and they've approached him many times, and he just refused to do them. Okay, but even that's, Alex that's Bregman, uh, these other guys that are that are superstars. Yeah, but Bregman's he, the, 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 the cheat now. You don't want to be the face there. I know. I'm so, just, I mean... I'm just saying, I, I'm just surprised that with the amount of young baseball stars that you can walk down the street and the casual baseball fan is not going to know who Cody Bellinger is, or they might not know who Pete Alonso is. These guys that are superstar, bona fide superstars in baseball versus you walk down the street and the casual NBA fan, they know who all these guys are. They know mm-hmm. who James Harden is. Mm-hmm. They know who, of course, LeBron James is. Well, they know who Kawhi Leonard is. They know these guys. Baseball I, doesn't market these guys I, well I, enough. I, I hear you on that one, but then I'll go back to this. Uh, James Harden does do national commercials. But they... Exactly, so, but they still know him because they market him well enough. They, they market him well enough, and also when you when you're looking at a court and you see five faces versus somebody with a helmet on, you know you, maybe the facial recognition is not that good either. And then everything's spaced out in baseball, so you know uh, football's the worst. I mean, football. I mean, 
the, with the helmets and pads, you, 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 you could walk past. That's a big guy. He might be playing football, but you won't know who it is. But they, that, that's a problem. But they still know the names in football. They still market it better than baseball. And all this to say, I'm just, my point in all this is right now with all the stuff that's going on in baseball, that combined with all this, baseball is just not trending in a very good direction no, right no. now. I mean, and it's it's sad because I said this two weeks ago. I mean, I think five, ten years from now, maybe maybe it takes longer than that. I think we could be talking about baseball in the same breath as like the NHL, where it's a distant third, fourth sport to to the two main uh, two main ones I'm, between I'm, football I'm, and basketball. I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I, that, uh, I that's a I'm Canadian wrong. sport. Americans are going to let a Canadian. I know, sport I, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that do, I'm not saying the happen. interest is going to trump the interest in NHL is going to trump baseball. I just think for the long time we've been talking about baseball and basketball competing for the number two spot. And I think baseball is going to be falling to a distant third here in the next 10 to 15 years as far as in American interest in that sport. So, yeah, it's it's just it's going to be tough, Chuck. It's going to be tough, tough for, for baseball to come back and really gain some, I don't yeah. know, some some good uh, some uh, props in the media and, and fan interest in this because it's just going to be tough. But, you know, Chuck, we talked about it, though. We'll transition to this one sport that we can't be sad about. You said it yourself. You're getting excited for this as well. Mm hmm. The NBA, we said it two weeks ago, they had they had all but approved a plan to come back. We didn't know what that logistical plan was going to look like, but we knew that they were coming back. Well, Chuck, we finally have that. We have that logistical plan. Uh, NBA players and owners, they approved the 22 teams, only 22 teams coming back. There's going to be 13 from the West, nine from the East. Uh, so basically, we're going to have some type of shortened season. I don't know if we have the exact number of regular season games that we're going to get. Uh, but there's going to be a few games left to kind of decide what the seeding is going to look like. And uh, we'll possibly have a play-in tournament for that final eight seed. So mm -hmm. basically it comes down, Chuck, if the nine seed is within four games of the eight seed, they're going to play They're going to play a little a tournament, if you will, mm -hmm. to decide that eight seed. So essentially what would happen is the eight seed would just have to win one game to get into the playoffs to face the one seed versus the nine seed. They would have to win twice against mm -hmm. that eight seed uh, to get back in. So... Right now, we're looking at first game's going to be played on July 31st. Game 7, if necessary, of the NBA Finals will tentatively be on October 12th. So, Chuck, uh, you know, thoughts? I mean, I, it, we, I think we're both fans of this. I mean, I think the NBA has done it right, if I'm not – yeah, I don't yeah, want to speak I, for you. No, no, no. I think it's, it's, it's a very uh, well-thought-out plan. Um, it just tells me that um, uh, that uh, that they're, they had not, I would say, a plan in place, but they had not some better options. And um, it just goes back to the relationship with the unions – Mm -hmm. uh, players unions and association along with the uh, the ownership um and uh, i think they just literally exercised their new uh, bargaining agreement in the last year right i, I think so yeah because so, there was there was a, a a lockout what i don't know uh, a few years ago there was a few years right. ago so they, they they're working they have a new deal right now that so, they're so, they're playing so with. there's nothing up against it i think that's the posturing the the baseball's having right now is mm -hmm. uh is worse than where the NBA is. But going back to, to, to the NBA, I think you could tell that um, they're ready to rock and roll. As you hear more of the reported um, practicing mm -hmm. and, and teams getting together. Um, I think what's going to happen here is that this is going to be very successful. I think it's, a lot of this may carry over to the next season. Yeah, no, I, I so agree. I'm really excited about this. And, you know, unfortunately, it's like, um, like I said one time before that, uh, was it, I always mess this uh, expression up. Was it mother necessity is... 
the creator of invention or yeah. whatever the heck it is. I, I get, I catch you know your drift. Saying? Yeah. I catch your drift. And yeah. I, I agree with you this because is it right here. Yeah. I mean, I think great that, ideas. I think there's a lot of things that the NBA could do that they, they could, they could take from this season and transfer to the next few seasons. And one of the things I look at is, I mean, obviously there's not going to be, there's not going to be crowds in the stadiums. Uh, you know, obviously there's going to be essential personnel there. I don't know if they're going to try and sell some, you know, exorbitant price tickets maybe to to the elite the elites out there i mean shoot it if if i was a millionaire and and i got offered they said hey million bucks can come sit courtside for every single playoff game here in the bubble and i was a millionaire i'd, I'd probably take that into consideration you know i kind of thought about this with the texts and tickets that i got i think what i'm going to do is uh i'm going to donate them to some inner city underprivileged kids to go oh that's, that's yeah so i think i think that that's a good angle too um you know, just to, that's a good, that's a thought there. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe bring in some kids that would never have this yes, opportunity again is, in their life. Yeah. To, to, not to get political here, but uh, you know, regardless of what your views are, I think that would be a good move, but going back to, I mean, basketball, if I have tickets, that's all I would do is promote. Oh yeah. For the, for the kids and, and you know, so underprivileged youth and, and build that bridge um, to that. But to, like you said, there's gonna be a lot of, like you said, there's gonna be a lot of, again, um, forward thinking about what to do with your, your mm-hmm. season tickets or what to do. I mean, like I said before, what are we gonna do with the with the with the vendors out in uh, in Reliance staying with football or in mm-hmm. up here at Toyota Center? Whatever, the, that's gonna be the fascinating part of it. Um, this paradigm shift is just usually I have a good grip on things, mm-hmm. but man, this is this is. It, it is, is nuts. Yeah, it is nuts. I mean, if you would have told us, you know, I guess what, six months ago that the NBA is going to be trending in such a right direction after after they had to basically cancel halfway through the season. At that point, we're probably thinking, wow, MLB is going to benefit from this because all they have to do is push back their start That's date. It. And then versus the NBA, how, how is the NBA going to finish, you know, finish their season? So we're looking at that. I mean, complete paradigm shift. I mean, baseball's in such a bad spot versus the NBA's in such a good spot right now, all things considered. God, so, man, yeah. It just makes me more upset about the MLB because cuz cuz they saw what happened to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. It got canceled. So, and then the NBA said, "Okay, we're going to be we're going to have to we have to really get something together." And then MLB all they had to do is just, you know, pick up the baton and just Man, they could have been gold. It just seems it just to me they got baffles. Me. Yeah, they got. I, I maybe the owners. I don't know if this is on the owners or the players, but they got apathetic. Where the, at that time when this all started, they should have. They should have had Plan A, Plan B, Plan C. Say, hey, okay, well, if you know, if the coronavirus kind of dies off, we'll be able to start. We'll be able to play. You know, a hundred game season instead of one hundred sixty two games. But they should have been prepared for this moment, and they should have already been in negotiation. Say, hey, if this thing pushes into June, into July, this is the plan that we want to go with. Are you guys okay with us? possibly playing an 80 game season on that they should have been having these negotiations a long time ago versus all these negotiations ramp up what three weeks ago two three weeks ago and at that point that's when you run into all the problems if they'd run into these problems you know six months ago or not six months but two three months ago when this first started happening we could be baseball could be in a lot better spot but you know the NBA did what the MLB didn't. They got the players involved in this one. They let the players pretty much voice their opinions on stuff. Yeah. They yeah. they let the, they kind of get, put the ball on the players' courts. No, I guess uh, you know figuratively and liter- literally, and let the players decide on this one. So yeah, you know NBA is reaping the benefits from all of this one. You know another going back to it, we talked about what the NBA can translate from this to the next year. You know, one thing I would love to see. Now, I don't know how they would do this. I mean, it would have to be on some type of tape delay or something. But if we could do a fully mic'd up NBA season, I want to. I want to hear what these players say on the court and stuff. No, you I don't. I, I mean, well, I, I probably don't want my nieces and nephews to hear what they have to say on the yeah. court. But I mean, for us, I mean, I feel like that would be awesome to here's, see some type of NBA all access. Here's my problem. Like here's my problem with that. Is you talk about politics? I mean, on the court, 
if they get into name calling and things like yeah. that, that's where I'm, I mean, that's where I know for a fact it would be, it would get probably too political and too offensive. Um, so, you know, I, I would probably would leave that, leave that alone. Whatever you pick up on a hot mic, that's, that's, yeah. that's gold. Just yeah. Yeah, that that's extra credit. That's a sauce. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know about that. I, I see the, I see the theory, but uh, even when they put the mics on the, on the players, um, during football games or even basketball, they or baseball, mm-hmm. they 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 uh they edit. Oh and, yeah, no, they go so after they, the fact and they edit those. They edit those I, things and they you know take just, all the the bad stuff let's out. Just so. get the regular stuff. I, I I'm with you, Chuck. Yeah, I just I know. think Come I think on, the man. NBA's got a lot of different things, but you're right. I don't think because be I mean, careful. The, the, it, you've said this before and you're absolutely right. The NBA is run by superstars, and I can't imagine LeBron James saying, "Hey, I'm okay with being mic'd up out there because he's got an image to protect out there." And if yeah, now you're now you're understanding what I'm getting. Yeah, at. He's got an image to protect and i mean yeah and if he starts go out and they're cursing up a a storm and stuff you know there there's there's probably a good portion of the population that aren't going to be too thrilled with example right here so so uh one of my uh not being mic'd up so to speak but getting in the public so i remember one time uh i I was going to tell this story a while back but i was a a server uh back in the back in the day um and it was like probably about late 80s and uh, that's when uh, uh, Ralph Sampson and, and Akeem Olajuwon mm-hmm. were still there, right? So I was serving them one time. They came the in Twin Richmond. Towers, yeah, yeah. The Twin Towers. They come in. Holy moly! Look at these guys. You know, <laughs> it's great. Seventy dollar tab. They run up. They tip me a dollar. So what I'm getting at is public image. Yeah. So from then yep. on, I'm like, oh my god. And then the flip side of it, I was a busboy at uh, said restaurant, and Charles Barkley came in. He mm-hmm. called in. He said, "Hey, I got a group of people. They got playing, playing the Rockets." And uh, they came in. Um, my manager said, "Heck yeah, we'll, we'll stay open for you." And I'm like, "Oh man, I'm a bus, but uh-huh. I want to go home." You know. So he brought in a, a group of twelve. It was me and two servers and the bartender yeah. attending their table. Okay. And every time I went back by there to pick up something, Bart gave me a twenty. Wow. So every time I walked back there to pick up some stuff, he goes, "Hey, you doing a good job?" Oh, you not told me this story before. This I, is great. I, I never told you that story. No, no. Yeah, yeah. So then I walked out with three hundred bucks. That's not, that's just me. We're not uh-huh. talking about the servers and the bartenders and all that. They, they sat there and they just, we closed it. It was almost like, I think it was almost midnight, but uh-huh. they stayed till two or three in the morning. But every time I walked by there, they just, hey, that's they awesome. a good job, man. That's my interaction with Charles Barkley. That's, that's really awesome. The, yeah, it was a great story. But so we're going, we're going to that. It's public image. Yeah. So, so if we mic up these guys on the court, you know, your image may be shot exactly. and their image may be shot because I look at Akeem and, and Ralph and they were young mm-hmm. and I get it, but that's, that's a PR thing for them. Oh, yeah. Their, their team should have said, hey, when you go out in public, you take care, you know, that that's just organizational. And, and if, you're, if you're the organization. See, CSO affects me today. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're absolutely right. I mean, as far as the public. Greg, the pu- is that true? Because, I mean, you know, I got some stories. Yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely right as far as the public image goes. And I mean, the, these NBA organizations, too, they probably don't, you know, they, they want them to worry about going out there and winning a championship. They don't want them to have to, you know, they don't want to have to have, to have the PR guys go to them before a game and say, hey, all right, so you guys are going to be mic'd up for this game, so watch what you say out there. You don't want them to be concerned with anything except playing out there. I just know for me as as an uh, you know uh, as a fan just watching this right. I, I would love to see some of I'm the like, interactions I'll tell out you there what, man you know what? I, i'm starting to think outside the box on this one too so you know what maybe maybe just maybe you pay pay-per-view price to get mic'd up exactly access. you could do that and I, honestly <laughs> i you know i i might for a game or two if i'm watching the rockets and the lakers or something i uh-huh. might pay i might pay that to you watch know what? That. I, I thought about this too is that uh we talked about this maybe before but now now i'm really starting to believe that maybe there will be some pay-per-view now mm-hmm. to make up for the revenue so and, and i know it's they have contracts with the big big stations but i'm talking about in the future here to to make up for the fact that their fans aren't coming in i could see them really kind of laying it to the fans that you may have to pay you know um 
a, a certain price per game or is a package with cable, you know, an agreement. They already got the agreement with, uh, you know, AT&T, for example, for the Astros. Or I think that's going to start happening more because yeah. until we get full full butts and seats, how are they going to generate more revenue? Yeah, I, I'm I mean, just going there. They're never going to be able to make up the entire sum no of what they they would do. But I, I've mentioned this with Evan uh, before you came on. I mean, there's uh, I think there's a lot of different things. One thing I've thought about that the NBA could do, and yeah, it might take a lot of logistical work to do it, but you know, they could do something where maybe they invest in the virtual reality. You've seen the virtual reality stuff where they put on their face. Oh, yeah. I'm saying now I'm, I'm saying they could set up a courtside thing where, you know, they've done this in games already this year, but for each of the playoff games, they send out, or you pay some type of fee, you get the virtual reality headset and you get to basically have the view from being courtside at a game. I mean, you're giving a lot We're for, for a much lesser <laughs> price than what it would cost to sit in a courtside ticket or for a courtside seat. You're giving fans that type of view that, that, experience from sitting courtside without actually paying the the full price I, for what I, I i see that um no pun intended you know i'm sort of i'm sort of you know we're off we're way off track on yeah. this one but i'm sort of think right now uh going back to my my thing where i'm saying i would donate my my uh my tickets i'm wondering if perhaps to fill the stands they would just you know give away tickets mm-hmm. or give away um a section for just give it away and yeah. say hey season ticket owners and now i'm waiting for my my uh my part of it but i'm thinking that maybe they'll tell me hey Mr. Cuevas, um, we're going to give you a credit for next year if you let me have your seats mm-hmm. or we can do or you can donate them. I'm thinking that um, that would be a good uh, olive branch for the community as well. But see, you got to start thinking that way, yeah. you know. And so next year, maybe if we give away the tickets this year, you take your loss, take a hit. And then all of a sudden you're in the better light. You can advertise better. I mean, th- th- these are some cr- crazy times right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they are. I mean, we're talking about crazy ideas, but the fact is, you know what? The the NBA, the NFL, it seems like they're having these conversations of ways that they can make up yeah. the revenue, which going back to it, conversations that the MLB is not having. I mean, and it's just, again, it's unfortunate God. that we're in this this situation. They should but, be the ones that really give away oh, things yeah. because there's 10,000, 12,000, 18,000 fans in a lot of these in, in Oakland, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's probably an area that you probably could extend, extend some goodwill out in California yeah. now. But like, you you know, it's, it's, they gotta be, they should have really been on this, but all right, I'm done with that. I no, no, I, I, I enjoy these conversations, Chuck. I like yeah, this. I mean, yeah. I like talking, uh, talking about these outside the box ideas and I, I think the NBA and I think the NFL, they're going to come up with something. I mean, like I said, I'm a fan of that virtual reality. I think one thing you could do with that too. Also, if you could set it up like in the locker rooms and there you go, your pay-per-view, your pay-per-view thing. Uh, now, maybe uh, maybe not see all the things that you, you want to see in there, but uh, you get to maybe hear the the pregame talks, different oh, things like that. Yeah, I guess so. And then all of a sudden some player forgets where he's at and walks across the screen naked. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that happens, man. Uh, like, they could have know? some disclaimers that, hey, we are not uh, we're not responsible for oh, any God. scarring then you gotta, memories. Then you parental <laughs> guidance suggested and all this stuff. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, you know, it's a good idea. But we're thinking outside the box yeah, with that. But, uh, you know, going back to it, Chuck, so, I mean, of course, we've got the logistical plan for the NBA to return. So, right now, as we said, uh, first game's going to be played on July 31st. Uh, they're st- right now, they're starting to round up all the players, the international mm-hmm. players that went home, uh, domestic players that went home. They're, it looks like they're starting to get the logistical plan to get those guys uh, to some type of training camp at their own facilities. And then, of course, I think uh, somewhere around July 7th, if I'm not mistaken, that's when they're going to go out to Orlando and maybe kind of ramp up the mini camps at this point. But... Uh, so let's get to this. Let's get to the on-court action since this is finally the right, first talk, sports talk, that we can talk, talk about. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm thinking about this, Chuck. And I mean, what is, what's been, the, as Rockets fan, what has been the problem with Harden every single year? And even Westbrook to that amount. They're, they're tired. They get tired at the end of the year. Because they're old. 
So, I mean... <laughs> well, they are. I mean, I'll Well, give now that. they're over 30. Hardy's yeah. not 29 anymore. He's 30. But, Chuck, am I crazy to think that this could be a... We could see a nope. rejuvenated Harden and Westbrook? No, nope, that... because don't forget, Gordon's now going to be healthy. Exactly. So, their top three uh, scores are, are good to go. The problem is, is uh, maybe Tucker got some rest, but they're still too small. Um, I, I, I think that the roster... Remember, they're going to... Exp- I think they're going to expand the roster 15. I, I, I haven't heard that, so... Dan but... Tony said that he's going to expand his rotation. Uh-huh. So, you know, and I always knew that he had a bigger rotation than you always said. All right. I've proven that. In I the mean, past. he's he, in the playoffs when it came down to it. He has gone eight and nine. Now, whether he goes well, beyond every, that. OK, well, well, let's, well, let's well, well the, wait and see. I hope you're right. I no, hope you're right. He I'll said say that. that he's going to have to go because of the fact that we got to make sure that players are tested, uh, tested, rested and ready to rock and roll. But I think that this is so advantageous for the older teams. Now, mm-hmm. my problem is here's here's the real deal. So you look at the younger teams like the Bucks and the and the Sixers and all that. Um, think about this for one minute. How focused were they on the off time? Whereas I've I've seen footage and have caught up with James Harden. He's lost lost some weight. Looks really sharp, and everybody's really excited. So the 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 mental uh, focus is really going to be the key here because all you have to do is go. Was it eight games? Mm-hmm. All you do is go balls out for eight games. Yeah, I'm sure that you know a 30 year old, a 35 year old, even Chris Paul's loving this. Yeah, but where is the focus from the young players? That's what's going to carry the the problem. The, the the focus. What do the young players do during this time? Do they lay around and do nothing? Oh, I'm young. I can get back up. Do they work as hard? So I think it's advantageous for the Rockets. And you know what? Too honestly, I think the Rockets are going to sneak up on people. And I, I really, really believe that now. I, I Chuck, I'm, I'm, I, I hope I'm not the, you know, uh, the rose-colored glasses uh, Rockets fan here. But I mean, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think that we're going to get a rejuvenated Harden. I think we're going to get a rejuvenated Westbrook. I mean, it even seems. I mean, before the 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 uh, hiatus, the coronavirus hiatus, obviously the Rockets were floundering at that point, but it just seemed like they were, a lot of these teams were, I mean, they were just getting tired. I mean, they were, they were tiring out. Obviously they were going uh, balls to the wall with, uh, you know, this, this small ball lineup. And I think it could translate pretty well into this, uh, into this quarantine. And then on top of that, you look at it, there's not going to be any home court advantage for any of these teams when they, when they go, when they go to the playoffs, they don't have to worry about flying out to LA. They don't have to worry about these exhausting trips. They're going to get to do all that in the, uh, in the bubble of Orlando right there. And as you said, an older team, I think, is going to benefit from this. And yeah, I, I really think uh, I, I really think that the Rockets could sneak up, like you said, on a lot of teams. And I mean, hey, we're talking about it. I mean, I, obviously, I don't know what that asterisk, if there would be any type of asterisk next to a, oh. to a championship this year. But, you know, I, I think the Rockets might be a good matchup for a lot of teams that you're going to see in this bubble. So yeah, I think that uh, the, for them to go as far as they need to go, we got to have some type of upset maybe mm-hmm. but uh you know what though Australia, i'm not i'm not as worried because of the fact that you know the injuries are cleared up uh, i hope gordon i'm pretty i'm going to assume that gordon i would too up, yeah i would and too. He's, he's probably took this advantage of his time just like uh justin verlander did for the for the astros with his surgeries i mean they better be mm-hmm. because there's no excuse yeah if you're if you're hurt then you know that's gonna be that's on you if you didn't rehab correctly and take the advantage of it, but uh, like you said, though, um, uh, it's gonna it's good for the older players. Tucker, he's he's already upset about the the situation mm-hmm. overall, but he is who he is, and he'll he'll fight through it. Um, so you know, honestly, we'll we'll see. Uh, I, I think that um, I think they could surprise. I think they're gonna play for, at least in the in the equivalent of the Western Conference Finals or however they. I seem. hope you're right. I, I think yeah, it could. and I think that uh, if they're not there, then I would be disappointed going into the season. I wasn't too yeah, bullish. Not expecting that, yeah. No, not, not at all. But don't forget now, the only thing that I have a problem with right now is, man, Westbrook was on a roll, mm-hmm. and Harden was not. So 
that that was interrupted. But then, like you said, maybe they were kind of coasting, mm-hmm. giving away some, you know, just playing the game. Maybe the game, maybe the season is too long. Maybe it should be 50 to 55 games like it was in the strike um, season. Um, so there's more emphasis. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to be very interesting. I think that the Denvers, and like I said before, the younger teams, I am really want to see how that translates mentally for those folks yeah I mean you look at it I mean obviously we can get into some of these matchups I mean right now the Rockets are sitting at the six seed so they would match up with Denver so I think no matter how you look at it I think they probably are going to get one of those young teams in in the first round which could be beneficial for the Rockets I mean assuming that they come out there and they don't fall apart but you know I look at these matchups and I just look at every team in the west and there's only one team that really scares me and that's the Clippers just because of the size mismatch Mm -hmm. the depth mismatch you know, I, I look at it, and if the Rockets can get into a four or five seed, win that first round, then they get the Lakers in the second round. I think we're a terrible matchup for the Lakers, and I, I honestly, yeah, I would be, worried. yeah, I would be excited to see a matchup with, with the Rockets going up against LeBron and AD because they've shown an ability to stifle AD, especially. Yeah. Uh, just because you know the the Lakers have shown that they have want to force the ball inside to AD, and he is not. He's not an elite post, well, okay. interior player. Don't forget now, we did have a little... Capella wasn't great, but we still had Capella on those mm-hmm. matchups. So I think Tucker's cagey. But at the end of the day, um, like you said, he's not a very good post. Um, he's a he's a, he's a he's an adequate post-up. AD, up yeah. Because I, but I think LeBron posts better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so I mean, that was probably the under understatement of the year. But, you know, that's probably not their style anyway um but uh i i'm not i've never been worried i don't know why and lebron mm-hmm. james i'm more worried about Kawhi, yeah. you know and um that kind of quiet leadership uh lebron i, I just yeah i'm know. with you i mean we've never now we've never seen a playoff matchup between the rockets and uh lebron james but it seems like all the regular seasons we the rockets have had a lot of regular season success against lebron james in well, let's past put it years. this way you're right they're, they're not like it's not like a, a layup, no pun intended, for the, the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, haven't been in a while, so I mean, it's, we're not gonna they're not gonna fall over. Yeah. I think it's gonna be. I really hope that this plays on and and gets to the end of the season without an interruption because it's gonna be a fun time. Yeah, it absolutely it's be is. I'm, fun. I'm incredibly excited to see this. I mean, obviously, we could talk matchups all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, we're we're getting kind of up against yeah. it here. So, but I mean, yeah, obviously, the, the NBA is in such a good spot. NFL is in a good spot too. I mean, NFL is really now getting to see the formula for NBA returning, uh, and obviously, they they see what to do with the NBA and what not to do with the MLB. So, you know, I think we're you know what we're a couple weeks, couple months away from those uh, from those NFL training camps re- reopening, mm-hmm. and I think NFL is going to be in a good spot, and hopefully, here in the next week or. So we're going to have a, a, some type of plan for MLB to return, at least, you know, because we talk about it and we talk about whether or not it's going to be good for them to come back or not. I'm thinking about it. I want I, I got to have my Astros. I don't care if there's an oh, asterisk man. next to the season. You're not getting the Astros. I think, they, <sighs> like I said, MLB's done. I think they just need to chalk it up. And you know what, too? It's going to be a damn shame. It really it, is. You know, Chuck, I mean, I, I'd like to disagree with you on this, but I mean, the fact is, yeah, it might be the best thing for them to do to scratch your losses. And I mean, and instead of alienating the players and forcing them to go out there and play. Shucks, alienate the fans. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it could be bad. The players, they got their money. They're, they, they got their money. They're going to have their money. Eventually, they're not. It, baseball's not shutting down forever. Ever, yeah you know and they know that and uh it's just a shame right now that as a society right now we need that distraction we need unity and no matter what side of the aisle politically you're at you can sit next to each other in a ball game cheer for your same team and have similar you know yeah. um, uh, uh, uh interests and so i just really believe that baseball should have fell on the sword and said you know what what do we got to do for you exactly that would have been their best 
marketing tool. Yeah, and I guess for me, it's just it's because I have somewhat of a personal stake in this too. I mean, I you know I've got family that works for you know for the that's Astros. Right, that's right. And I mean, right now they're you know they're going to be on furlough essentially here in the next in the next couple of days or whatnot. And it just it's hard when I look in the media and I see these billionaires and millionaires fighting over this money over what's essentially peanuts. Uh, that's you know, right. To for them. us hundred heirs. Yeah. Us hundred exactly. They're fighting over these peanuts, and there are real ramifications for people that are not making that type of money out there that are going to lose their jobs or not or at least going to be put on hiatus and so yeah it's hard and so it's like i feel like mlb you know a sport that already was having a hard time marketing these these superstars is going to have an even harder time now Mm -hmm. in the future because you got guys you can say what you want about lebron james you can say what you want about Kawhi leonard these guys they're they were willing to make concessions and get back on the court same thing for the nfl versus baseball you look at these guys that are making more money than most guys are in any other sport and they're not willing to make any concessions so it's unfortunate but you know what I, i hope for the sake of my family and i hope for the sake of you know i guess just my own my own personal uh my own selfish interest you know i hope we get baseball back at some point but i'm not op- i'm not optimistic nope. with you, Chuck. Nope. so yeah well chuck that's about all the time we have for today good show man good yeah, stuff a lot of fun man a lot yeah fun. hey next week we'll be back on i'm sure we're gonna have more stuff to talk about i think i think next time we get into it we'll really dive into some of those nba matchups that we're gonna get what we like to see for the rockets uh hopefully we can we'll have some more nfl stuff um of course nfl training camps coming up here before too long you know bill o'brien he is he got I, has he got another stupid move in him before the before the this um season? i think we have some moves i don't think there's anything left stupid to do unless you decide <laughs> Decide to put uh, Deshaun Watson on waivers, so uh, <laughs> trade I, him to the Patriots. Or trade him to the Patriots. I, I, you know what? Uh, like I said, crazy like a fox. I think that uh, I I I'm really curious on what the value would be to to trading Kenny Stills after Robs. I'm thinking I I think we need to keep him, but that's probably gonna be his next quote foolish move is is get rid of Stills. We'll talk we'll talk about that. And, so. I, and I joke. I mean, I, I I've been I've been defending Bill O'Brien for a lot of this offseason. Not that he's made great trades, but he's made necessary trades. And yeah, I, Kenny Stills. We'll talk about it. I, I think there's I think there is a, a one particular landing spot you could see the Texans uh, trade him to, and I think they could get some value for him. So I'll, I'll tease that for ne- right. for Sounds next good. episode. But, good to me. but yeah, next time we're on, we'll talk a little bit about the NFL. Hopefully, we'll be one week closer to MLB. Maybe returning. We might have some more news there. And of course, as we said in the upcoming weeks, we will really deep dive into those NBA matchups that we're going to have with the return to action starting July 31st. But uh, make sure you tune in next week. Of course, Chuck, again, thanks to you. Hopefully next week. I think next week we're going to have the whole gang. Steven said he's going to be back on. Evan, the Suburban Menace. So we'll have a full show. Great stuff coming in the upcoming weeks for you. So make sure you stay tuned. You've been listening to Wildcard Sports on Clear Lake Today Radio.